Welcome to the Glory Bell Podcast. We invite you to join us at Glory Bell Church on Sundays at 10 a.m. in downtown Waco. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at glorybell.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Glory Bell Church. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the message. Come on, everybody say it with me. Say, you have a seat at the table. Look at another person beside you and say, you also have a seat at the table. You guys, come on, what a great day in church. It's so exciting to see all of you. We got the kids in the room. Let me hear the kids. Y'all, this is your one chance to actually make noise in church. Let me hear all the kids one more time. All right, there we go. Uh, We love the kids here at Glory Bell. Uh, We love all the parents who make the kids. Hello. And uh, bring them in. We're so glad that all of you are here. My name is Chuck. If you're new here today for the very first time, uh, we want to say welcome. We're glad that you came out, and we'd love to help follow up with you this week. There should be a connection card at a seat near you. You can take a minute and fill that out. We'd love to send you away with a little touch of Glory Bell and to put a gift in your hands. After all, it is the giving season. Hey, uh, before we get really into the final week of our sermon series, The Table, in which I'm talking about the Christmas table today, before we get into to that, I want to just make a little quick announcement and special. Uh, everybody's like heart sinks at that moment. They're like, are they about to call me out? No, no, no. But today uh, we have one of our overseers of Glory Bell with us, uh, Pastor Robbie Emery. Uh, he told me I didn't have to acknowledge him, but it's so important that we do because Pastor Robbie and Danielle and their kiddos, Ava and Bree, and Silas is here today. Uh, you guys, he was all over TV yesterday at the Michigan-Ohio State game. These guys flew in from that game yesterday and uh, made an appearance here today because they love you and they support you. But all the way from the very beginning, I can remember very vividly, you guys, I might get emotional on this, but a few years ago, Pastor Robbie calling me, And having an hour-long conversation telling me, hey, Chuck, you should really pray about uh, starting a church. And I would be like, bro, I'm not going to do that. I am not going to start a church. I I feel called to where I'm at. This is where I'm at. And uh, he said, well, you at least need to pray about it. Just pray about what God might have for you in the next season. And then, uh, lo and behold, here we are. Uh, We've started a church, by the way, just an announcement if y'all didn't know that. And uh, Pastor Robbie and Danielle and One Oak Church, they support you. Did you know that? They have given to you again and again. They are praying for you. When we celebrate the wins that we have, we send videos back to Pastor Robbie and Danielle in Royal Oak, Michigan, right outside of Detroit. And uh, yes, there we go. Some Michiganders in the room. And uh, yeah, I have so much I want to say right there. But uh, so, okay, so we're going to move on. But thank you so much, Pastor Robbie, for being here. We're glad that you're here. One more time, would you show some love to Pastor Robbie? It's so good that you guys got to see him just visit. He snuck in. Literally, I did not know he's coming today. And uh, he came in and just 
if you didn't know this, you will be hearing him preach. He's a phenomenal preacher, way better than I am, and uh, you'll be excited when he does come. But let's go. Final week of the table. Uh, as we start out each weekend, I'd like to give those of you who weren't here a little recap or review, uh, just in case we can catch you up. And those of you who were in the room, this will be just a freshen up course. But we, we last week, we talked about uh, a great passage of scripture in which we covered the table of inclusion. And that's where Jesus gives us incredible, he's at a dinner banquet and he gives a parable about a dinner banquet. And uh, we learned that last week, scripture is very clear. The message of the gospel is strictly inclusive because Jesus doesn't uh, draw lines to keep people out, but instead he crosses lines to bring people in, right? What a powerful message of that uh, that we learned, the totally strictly inclusive, the table of inclusion. doesn't matter where you are. And we're actually going to kind of pick up on that again today. But before that, we covered the table of worship and we talked about how important it is. If you're, It's not about your position that gives you uh, proximity to Jesus but your posture of worship. And we learned about this, this lady who was the sinful woman who was an uninvited guest, y'all. She wasn't even supposed to be there, and she got closer to Jesus than the host of the party, than the homeowner himself. And what gave her that position close to Jesus was her posture of worship. And we learned in that weekend that if you're going to have a true posture of worship, you want to get really close to God, then you need to come to him knowing that, number one, you need him which I love that about communion. Communion is a reminder about not that necessarily how terrible we are, but how great God is. He filled the gap for us. He made it possible. And so uh, the next week or we covered, we talked about the table that the Lord prepares for us in the presence of our enemies. Those of you who are here, you may remember we had a table out in the middle of the audience. And what happens, we, we read that scripture, Psalm 23, the Lord uh, prepares a table before me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And we kind of miss over the significance of each phrase. But that is a powerful principle for you and I to hold on to, even during the holiday season. Because the holidays, while it can be filled with a lot of great memories and family times, for some of us, it gets really busy and hectic and stressful. Uh, this week, one of our dear family, uh, Glory Bell family members, they reached out to us and his dad passed away unexpectedly. And they're at, rather than spending time around the Thanksgiving dinner table, they're at the funeral home dealing with great loss. And so some of you, you may can relate to that. Uh, I, I saw one of, my, one of my close friends made a post on, on social media about that. He lost his dad a few years ago, younger than I am. Uh, this my friend is, and he lost his dad. And so some of us during the holiday season can be, if we're not careful, we can get a lot of negative things. But the table that God prepared for you is for you and him alone, even at your worst moment, in the valleys of your life. So be careful, we learn, not to let the enemy have a seat at the table. All right, so let's just jump into today. Uh, if you open up your Bibles, Luke chapter 2 and verse 8, this is a very common passage of scripture. Uh, and I want to include the kiddos in my sermon today. So if uh, I ask some questions to the kids, uh, Ethan, you got to be ready to holler out. Okay. He said, no way, no way. <laughs> Renly, hopefully you can. Somebody help me out. Help, help your dad out. All right. Luke chapter two, verse eight. If you're there, say I'm there. All right. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, 
guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Just a little a little side note on there. Um, I think sometimes in Scripture, if we're reading again, we can miss the significance of this. Here this angel shows up. And we may have a vision in our minds of uh, an angel with these pretty white feathery wings, and they may have those. I don't know. But every time you see an angel appear in Scripture, the phrase that immediately follows it is, don't be afraid or fear not. Why? Because these are angelic. These are supernatural. These are powerful beings that I think is they're carrying the message of something amazing. That's exactly what happens here. Don't be afraid, he says. All right, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Again, just to freshen you guys up on, on, on biblical passage and history, you guys understand that the children of Israel, the Jewish people, all of humanity really, but especially the Israelites, they are waiting for years and years and decades and decades and, and centuries upon centuries for this Messiah to come. Like this is not just like, hey, there's a new hit song out on the radio. You're really going to like it type of news. Like this is like, check this out. The Messiah, the one that you've been praying for forever, the one that you've been telling your kids about and your grandkids about and your great grandkids about. He's just showed up like this is amazing. I didn't mean to scare all of y'all. But again, I, I feel like sometimes we read familiar passages of Scripture and we forget this is something very significant. That's why I love it. This is the New Living Translation. It's the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly not in a snuggie, but snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Verse 13, you guys know this passage. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there the baby lying in, where was he, kids? In the manger. In the manger. Come on. I, yeah, you guys. And after, good job, Rinley. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. I love it when a story goes like you expect it. I love that last little bit. That it was just as the angel had told them. Just as the angel had told them. I, I'm praying for some of you guys for the promises of God that you've been holding on to, that this is a season where it comes about just as the Lord told you. I want you to hold on to that word. I was praying for, for this service this morning and say, God, just give me something to be able to speak this significant to somebody. And I, I pray that for you, that it's just as the Lord 
promised you. Maybe you have a, a, a vision that God has put in your heart for your family or for a, a career. Some of you students, maybe you have God's told you. You're not sure why you're at, at Baylor but or why you're at MCC or TSTC, why it didn't work out. You were wanting to go somewhere else, but God has something for you, and God is going to make it clear. Man, somebody needs to hold on to that. That's good. All right, so Chris alluded to this already. We know this passage is so familiar. We're in the holiday season. How many kids have your, your Christmas list written up? Let me see it. All right, come on. Would you be willing to come up here and tell me about what's on your Christmas list? Come on, come on, come on. I'll, I'll bring one other kid up here too to make it not so scary. You want to help me? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, come on, yeah, you too, yeah. Come on, yeah. Y'all come on up here. Yes, 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 yes. Y'all stand up here. Y'all are too cute to be down here. Oh, yeah. All right. Perfect. Okay, now we got it. Yes. Yes, come on. Better. This is even better. Okay, I'm going to get down here. Y'all stand in a, this is a really, y'all know what a semicircle is? Kind of start here. Somebody stand here. Okay, and then go in a curved line all around here. A rainbow, upside down rainbow. Okay, over here, over here. Oh, 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 okay. Maybe take two steps this way. Now to the left, to the left, to the right, to the right. Slip down. Okay, all right. We'll make this quick, as quick as I can. You're in the shadow, Jaden. Come on out, buddy. There we go. Y'all act like y'all like each other. We all stand a little closer, a little closer, a little closer. There we go. Perfect. All right, got it just right. Picture time, anybody? Okay, so Renly, I already know, but they don't know. Renly, will you just give two things off your Christmas list? Everybody be thinking of your top two things. Top two things, all right, on your Christmas list. Ready? Legos and games. Legos and games. What type of games? Any. Any games. Okay. All right. I, I, I know your name. Jaden, tell us what your top two gifts are. A trash truck. A trash truck. Okay. I don't know if they make that in wooden toys, do they? Okay. All right. Melinda, got it. All right. Um, Pepper? Pepper? Are you, you ready? What are your top two gifts? Are you sure? So do you want, like, baby dolls, or you probably want a new necklace? No. You want a new, what do you want? You got, you got a chance here, top two gifts. Do you want a hug? Do you want a hug? Oh. Okay. Y'all, she is the sweetest. She gives so many hugs. All right, tell us your name. I. Jared. Okay, Jared, and what do you want for Christmas? Top two gifts. Drum roll, everybody, really quickly. Top two gifts, one, two. I forgot. Okay. Do you want, like, uh, Imaginex? Yes. Are you into Imaginex? Probably Godzilla. Godzilla? Yeah, the big one. The big one. Well, there's only one way to have a Godzilla. It's got to be the big one. Okay, all right. Tell us your name. Marilyn. Marilyn. Did I say Madeline. it right? Madeline. Madeline. Thank you. 
That is a beautiful name, Madeline. So what would you like? You have beautiful hair, too, by the way. Well, Skateboarding and Princess Carrot. No doubt. Skateboard in a princess carriage. Come on, Madeline. All right. Tell us your name. Vivian. Vivian. Okay. Vivian, and what, what are your top two gifts? A Minecraft starter pack and an art case. An arcade? Arcade. Oh. Oh, an art case. I thought you were like, want a whole arcade? I was like, come on. Don't, act, don't just go for the go big or go home. All right. What's your name? Micah. Micah. So pretty. Okay. Cute. Okay. Uh, what did you want for Christmas? A microphone. Merry Christmas. <laughs> what do you want a microphone? Do you want to sing in a microphone or what? Do you have a little sample? Do you want to sing for us? What's that song sound like? I don't know. Oh. Do you know that song like... Happy birthday, Jesus. Okay, do you know the song, Jesus Loves Me? Okay. Parents, you got some work to do. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. All right, what are your top two Christmas gifts? A microphone, anything else? A skateboard. Skateboard? You want a skateboard, too. Are y'all sisters? Yes. Yes, okay, all right. All right, last one. Tell me your name, and uh, what are you, what's on your top two gifts? Is it, let me guess. Is it sports related? <sighs> okay. A million dollars and a Tesla. We saved the best for last. Give it up for Asher and Rinley and all these great kids. High five. Y'all can have a seat. Actually, really quick, let me tell y'all something. So y'all wrote your Christmas list. Let me have all your attention, Pepper. Jaden Rinley, come over here. So we know we're, we're Miss Ashley already said it. Santa, he takes on the attributes of our God. He's a gift giver. But y'all know that Jesus is a better Santa, right? All right, Jesus is a better Santa. Hands in on three. We're going to say Jesus is a better Santa, all right? Can y'all say that on three? One, two, three. Jesus is a better Yes, Jesus is a better Santa. All right, one more time. Give it up for all the kids. Y'all can have a seat. You got it? Need some help? Million dollars and a Tesla. Come on. Make it rain up in here. Okay. So I wanted to include the kids because I, I think, obviously, when we think about Christmas, you can think about it from a kid's perspective. You can think about it from a Christian's perspective where we get to rejoice in the fact that the Savior, the Messiah, has come to earth. But just, again, put it in a little bit of context. The earth, when Jesus shows up on the scene in the manger, it's not a beautiful, glorious place in terms of what was happening in the social economic world, in the happening politically. Uh, in fact, even spiritually, it was a very dark place. The voice of God through his prophets had gone silent for hundreds of years. So if you can imagine, even when the news of Jesus comes, what does Herod try to do? He tries to kill all the babies because he doesn't want that to happen. Y'all, it was not a beautiful world that Jesus showed up in. But Jesus showed up to make the world right. Amen? He came in to fix that. And so it's really important that 
we understand, yes, we're celebrating the birth of this beautiful child, Jesus, but it's so much more than that. He's the one who came to save us, to make wrong things right. As we think about uh, children and Christmas, I love this passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 18. You've probably heard it before. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but Jesus, he came to earth as a child so I find it interesting that as he reaches the peak of his ministry in Matthew uh, chapter 18, he's, he's just he's teaching and he's sharing. And he says this, Matthew chapter 18, verse 2. He calls a little child to him. He puts him the child on, 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 his, on his lap and he says, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes, everybody say who welcomes, who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Now, I would encourage you, if you're taking notes today, be sure you put that in your journal and that you go home and you read this full passage in its, con uh, in its context because there's so much here. I read several different commentaries on it. What, is, what exactly does this phrase mean? And one thing that I, I am in agreement with is this passage, you must become like a child. There's, there's been a school of thought for a while that that means if you, wanna, if you just put your faith in God, you, just, you follow God blindly because uh, children are so trusting. I do not believe that's what that means because we all know children, you guys like to ask questions, right? Yes. Yes. How many of you moms have mom have heard that question? Mom, what is this? Why this? How come this? Kids love to ask questions. They're inquisitive. So if anything, I believe it's the contrary. Keep asking questions about your faith. Keep asking about the characteristics and the attributes of your God. God's not afraid of your questions, even your biggest question. Be like a little, but be full of joy. Be full of energy. Be full of curiosity like these kids. Jesus, who came to the earth to save the earth, came in the form of a child. It's really important that you and I, as we're walking out our faith, that we never lose a passionate pursuit, inquiring about God, seeking after the joy. Seeking, I don't think it, God is even afraid by our ask. Because we know kids like to ask questions. People, kids like to ask for things, even if it's a million dollars in a Tesla, all right? We, we like to ask. God's not afraid of our ask, all right? I, I love this passage, or not, not this passage, but I, it's from John Piper. He says this, receiving a child into your arms in the name of Jesus is a way to receive Jesus. And receiving Jesus is a way to receive God. Therefore, how we deal with children is a signal of our fellowship with God. Check this out. There's like seven or eight things. Jesus was a child. Jesus took children in his arms and he blessed them. These are all, this is all in scripture. Third thing, Jesus healed a child of a foreign woman. Jesus cast a woman, uh, cast a demon out of a child. Jesus raised a child from the dead. Jesus used a child's loaves and fish to feed 5,000. Jesus said you should become like a child. When Jesus came, children cried Hosanna to the Son of God. Jesus predicted the terrible days when fathers would give up their children to death. Jesus said that if you receive a child in his name, you are receiving him and the one who sent him. There's a lot of passages in Scripture where Jesus brings in and includes children. 
that is perfect for us on Family Sunday. We want to include the children. We want to take what Jesus said about children and apply it to our life. But let me just transition in here. This is one of the things I'm really looking forward to. We're talking about Christmas. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about children. I figured I would show one of my, a clip from one of my favorite Christmas movies. And then I traveled through seven levels of the candy cane forest, past the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops. And then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. So where were you for the last 30 years? The North Pole. Can you pass the maple syrup, please? I, I didn't put it. It's spaghetti. Oh, you know what? I think I have something. Yes. You like sugar, huh? Is there sugar and syrup? Yes. Then yes! We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. So, will you be staying with us then? You mean I can stay? Of course you can. Emily. How, how long do you think you'll be with us? I, I hadn't really planned it out, but I was thinking like forever. Emily, can I just speak to you for a minute in the uh, kitchen, please? Are you crazy? He cannot stay here. Clearly, he has some serious issues. We can't just throw him out in the snow. Why not? He loves the snow. He's told me 15 times. Walter, he's your son. Did you hear that? You are so weird. Kids, do not ever burp at the table like that. Okay, so you may be wondering, like, how does Elf and Luke chapter 2 all tie in together? Well, I want to present to you the fact that the, the story of Christmas and Jesus coming to earth is really all about including elves at your table. I don't really mean elves, but what I mean is including people at your table that don't really look like you and your family. I think it's really interesting in this in this clip with Walter and Emily about how she's in, she's curious. She doesn't know the backstory, and Walter is like, "We are just entertaining him for a brief time. We do not want him to stay here. We don't want him to feel too welcome." And she is like, "Well, yes, you can stay. How long are you thinking of staying?" When, well. I've not really thought about it, but maybe forever. Hey, I just want to present to you again that at the table of Christmas that Jesus sets for you and I, he wants you and I to stay with him forever. <laughs> he wants people of all shapes, whether you're an oversized elf like Will Ferrell or you're undersized or you're counted out or you've doubted yourself, Jesus made a way for you and you have a seat at the table. It doesn't matter your background, maybe your fatherless, maybe you don't know who your father is like the elf in this movie, but you have a heavenly father who loves you. 
He, he, he is madly in love with you, and he's got a plan for you. And this is the deal, is we, as the Christians, I would say that most of us in this room consider us ourselves active Christians. We need to be willing to stretch ourselves, to open our home, to open this church to people that may be a little bit awkward, like Buddy the Elf, that may not be on the same. This is, I don't want to stretch this too far, but obviously I'm not a big fan of uh, spaghetti and syrup. Any, uh, any of you guys like that? Probably not. But how many kids love syrup and sugar? The four main food groups, right? Candy, candy cane, candy corn, and syrup. Okay, yeah, we, we like that. Uh, when it comes to real food. But sometimes what happens in the church, and I'm going to like kind of take the liberty as a pastor here for a second. Sometimes in the church, people will be like, man, I'm just not getting fed or man, this is not really feeding me. Well, sometimes that's because we're feeding people who don't have the same appetite as you. That we're, we're giving them some candy so we can include them in the family and we can get them as scripture goes to grow from childish things into more adult things, going from milk to something more meaty. But that's a, that's a whole other deal. That's in Scripture. But the point is, is you and I have to be willing to accept people with different spiritual appetites and to give grace to them right where they are and to show them God's true love. Now, I, I showed you a movie clip. I would be remiss if I didn't show you this in Scripture. So I alluded to this passage last week. This is a powerful story in 2 Samuel chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, you can get that out. I'm reading verses 1 through 6. Here we go. 2 Samuel chapter 9. One day David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? He summoned, well, let me just give you a context really quickly. We know that the first king of Israel is Saul. Saul has a son named Jonathan. Jonathan is the next heir in line to be the king of the throne, but because of Saul's mistakes and disobedience, God allows for David to become the rightful heir to the throne of Israel. Okay, But the crazy thing is, is that while they should be enemies and while they should be at each other's throat, David and Jonathan actually strike up a kindred friendship. And it's Jonathan's tip that actually saves David's life in, in scripture. He gives, him a, he gives him a heads up that his dad is about to kill him. He says, be careful. That's how close these two guys were. So while Saul would have wanted his son to become king, in fact, his enemy, who happens to be his son's best friend, takes the throne of Israel. And what happens here is really important. So David takes the throne. He becomes a a warring king, so meaning he went to battle a lot. He took a lot of territory for, the, for Israel, the nation. And uh, as he has developed this kingdom, has become very successful, the reign, he's got a lot of people following him, people under his authority. This is what happens. He says, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Well, why would he show kindness to Jonathan's sake? Because Jonathan had made an agreement, a covenant with him that said, man, I know you're the king. I'm surrendering to you. I'm not going to fight you on this, but promise me this one thing, that you will always remember the legacy of my father. 
that you'll always remember the legacy of our family. And David agrees to that. And so as the kingdom is developed, he kind of forgets that. But here he is now that it's all established, he remembers and he's asking, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Now, I guarantee you, oh, I can pretty much guarantee you that when people saw that or heard that, when David starts asking these questions, they think something negative is about to happen. They think like Game of Thrones is about to happen. Like they don't want, they're thinking David is about to wipe out any of the lineage of Saul if there is any remnants. But no, David has compassion and a covenant that he has to uphold. So he says, are you Ziba? The king asked. Yes, sir, I am, Ziba replied. Then the king asked him, is anyone still from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. So David flips the script. He's like, I'm not calling in their family to wipe them off the earth. I'm actually calling them to include them. Remember, the gospel is strictly inclusive. So David says, I want to show kindness. And Ziba replies, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Where is he, the king asked, in Lodabar, Ziba told him, at the home of Makir, son of Emil. So David sent for him and brought him from Makir's home. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. David said, greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Verse 7, if you're tracking with me. Don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your servant but you should be, show kindness to a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Saul's servant, Ziba, and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. Skip down to verse 13. We got this on the screen for you. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, lived in Jerusalem and ate regularly at the king's table. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, lived in Jerusalem and ate regularly at the king's table. If you didn't pick up on what we just read there, David brings in part of the legacy of Saul his adversary, the guy who tried to kill him, he brings him in, and instead of trying to destroy him or punish him, he actually extends a great amount of grace to him. And he opens up an opportunity to him that would otherwise not be acceptable. He includes him in all the inheritance that was rightfully his in the first place. And all that belonged to Saul, he gave to him. And not only that, he opened up the dinner table. And said, you can eat of the best meat, the best wine, and the best cheeses any day you like. What an amazing offer. Again, David has really what the heart of the gospel is all about. Including others who may be undeserving. Including others who may be the offspring of our enemies. Be including others that don't look like us. Including others, as we learned last week, the blind, the crippled, and the lame. We are called to be strictly inclusive, church. I want to close with this passage of scripture. Luke chapter 22, verse 29 and 30. Jesus speaking here, and he says, And just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in the kingdom. Let me read that one more time for you guys. 
So powerful. Just as my father, again, Jesus is speaking, has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in the kingdom. You've been invited. I've been invited. Jesus made it possible for you and I to have a seat at the table. But guess what? That leaves us with the command, as Jesus gave us earlier in Scripture, that anyone who accepts a child or accepts someone who doesn't look like you, you're also receiving me at the table. It's important, church, that we are strictly inclusive. We're wrapping up Thanksgiving holiday last week and heading into Christmas. There's two things that really stuck out to me this year in our family. And one is there was a guy, there was a guy in, in the meeting with us at our family table named Leroy. Now, Leroy, I've never, I've, I've met him one time. He's not a part of our family. But somehow he was in the room with us. And it wasn't like an awkward, like, he showed up, knocked on the door, and like, hey, I'm supposed to come over. He, he didn't show up like that. What got him access to our family Thanksgiving is that my dad actually got on a plane, flew to Michigan, arranged for this guy to be picked up and put back on a plane. Why? Because he was so addicted to drugs that he didn't even know where he was at. And he was threatening to take his own life. But my dad had worked with him and knew that Leroy deserved a seat at the table. And here I am, I'm watching my dad be just like Jesus. And Leroy is sitting there. He's in an addiction recovery home right now in the moment, but man, he's got some stories. And I'm thinking... Who have I opened up the Christmas table in my life to? Is there anybody that doesn't look like me? Is there anybody that's going to require an extra amount of work on my life, but there's somebody that's deserving? Maybe it is a child. Maybe it's somebody elderly that we need to be inclusive of this week or this month or this time of our life. I don't know, but I just feel so compelled as the pastor of Glory Bell to hit this message again and again and again. Because we're, we're, we're seeding the ground, so to speak, of the harvest that's going to take place in this city. We've told you all along that one of the, our main ambitions and passions was derived from Isaiah 61. That's the heartbeat of Glory Bell Church. It says the ancient buildings will be rebuilt. Things that have been devastated for a long time will be restored. But it says that the shameful things will be replaced with double honor. There will be people, brokenhearted people that find mercy. People that are mourning will be turned to laughter. That's what we're here. Those are the people that need a seat at the table. Those are the people, people that don't look like us, people that are hurting. And I'm wondering if you'll join with Ashley and I. Maybe you're here today and maybe you felt included. I can tell you, there was a gentleman here with us last week. He'd been waiting for months to be able to come to church. And he's got quite a history. He spent some time in prison. 
tears fill my eyes because he sent me a text after service and he said, I felt so welcome and invited. Church, it's so important that we invite people to the table. God has given us so much. He's given us a seat. Let's not keep it to ourselves. Let's add another leaf into the table. Let's make room for people, even if they don't look like us. And let's expect them to stay a while. Amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together? God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. All across the room, would you bow your heads? I want to lead our church uh, and somebody here today in a, a prayer to make a fresh start. We've made a commitment as a church family that every single weekend we are going to offer somebody in the room a chance to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life. If we tie that back into the sermon in this whole sermon series, we're giving somebody the opportunity to pull up a chair at the table God's prepared for them. The question, though, is will you allow God to have a seat at your life's table? Will you give him the rightful place in your life? Today is a perfect day to make that commitment and say, God, I'm going all in with you. I want you to have the best seat in my life. I want you to have a seat at my table in every area. There's nothing hidden from you, but I'm giving it all to you. So I want to pray that prayer with you guys together. If you will, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that I have a seat at the table because he welcomed me. Today I make this commitment that I'm giving my life over to you. Forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. I want you to have the best seat in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 One more time, would you just rejoice with me for those who just may have said that prayer for the first time? We stand to your feet all across the room. I invite our prayer team to come. The way we want to close out services, we want to allow those of you an opportunity to worship together one final time. If you want, if you want or need prayer for anything in your life, our prayer team has been praying for you for this moment. They want to partner with you. If that was you today that made that dedication of your life back to the Lord or for the to the Lord for the first time, we want to celebrate with you. Our prayer team is here for that. We call it Fresh Starts at Glory Bell. At the end of service, we want to send you home with a little gift called a Fresh Start with God, a booklet on your way out. But before we get to that, let's, as the band sings behind me and the worship team goes on, let's lift our hands and let's close out this time together with a moment reserved for the Lord in worship. Thanks for joining us today. For more messages like this, visit glorybell.com.